Hi, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Women Blazers. I'm your host, Deanna Witter. I'm excited to welcome Missy Repepi as our featured guest for this episode. Missy serves as the Senior Director of Ticket Sales and Service for the Pittsburgh Pirates of the MLB. Missy has led an incredible career journey. She built the foundation of her career in inside sales with the Pirates, was dedicated to growing her career, and found that growth in her journey. Missy has worked for the Rams of the NFL, Avalanche of the NHL, FIVO, IMG College, and her path comes full circle back with her hometown team, the Pittsburgh Pirates, developing future stars in our industry. promotion yes you're interviewing to be part of this team but also you need to interview them and yes you need to figure out if you would be happy in this role especially when there's you know potential move on the line because I think that's the scary part it's like there's always so much unknown what if what if I don't like it and I'm not in a you know city that I'm familiar with with people that I know and so that's where you have to really make sure that you like all the other aspects of the job um, so that it's not as scary and intimidating All right, Missy, so you went to Penn State University and earned your Bachelor's of Science in marketing. How did you make your college selection, and what inspired you to pursue the path of study that you went down? So I was pretty decisive when it came to what school I wanted to go to. Um, My dad went to Penn State, so it was kind of a family thing where, um, you know, I grew up watching Penn State football games. I knew I wanted to be part of a big atmosphere, Um, so I knew what type of school I wanted to be in. Um, again, being part of something just so big and um, having a lot of different opportunities was huge for me. Um, now, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. So I actually went into school undecided. Um, I knew there were certain things I didn't want to do. For instance, I, you know, faint at the sight of blood. So I knew I to go <laughs> down the medical field. Um, but I had always, you know, I grew up playing soccer throughout my entire life. So I'd always been part of, you know, team sports. I was a huge football fan. Um, obviously just growing up watching Penn State football, Steelers football, being from Pittsburgh. Um, and so I knew something with sports was of interest me, of me. I just didn't know exactly what the options were. So um, actually got involved in a couple different um, clubs my freshman and sophomore year, um, in particular with the business school. So I got involved with the Penn State um, Marketing Association, and they had different divisions within there. Um And they actually had a sports division. And so that kind of opened my eyes to opportunities of what sports marketing could look like. Um, It helped me find a couple internships that I had throughout college. So I did a lot with Penn State Athletics and specifically the basketball and the baseball teams. Um, And so just opened my eyes to different opportunities and avenues that I could go down. Um, And so in my sophomore year, I easily decided that I wanted to go the marketing route and and graduated with a marketing degree. Um, Penn State actually doesn't have and still doesn't have a sports business major. Oh, interesting. Um, Yeah. So, um, so that was, that was important to me. And and they still had some like sports marketing classes specifically. Um, And actually my last semester of my senior year, I had a sports marketing class and, you know, you could pick different um, projects. And one of my projects was working with IMG College at the time. Um, and they were one of the first properties, um, or Penn State was one of their first properties. And um, it was making cold calls for the women's basketball team. And I knew that a lot of people 
in the marketing field went into sales um, and specifically um, that was where there were was a lot of opportunity with um, sports in general. And so I figured, you know, what what's the better time to why not better time to try sales than in this class where, you know, I would go up to um, actually we would make calls out of the football stadium and we made calls um, for a couple hours each week. And that was where I, I decided that I really enjoyed it. You know, it wasn't <laughs> as scary and as intimidating that I thought it would be. Um, I always thought of sales as kind of like this scary thing that, you know, <laughs> didn't really know what, you know, what to expect and um, realized it was just having a conversation with people. And, um, you know, it's I, I didn't really see a ton of success right off the bat, but I, I think I was way more receptive and open to then looking for career, careers in sales. And so um, that's kind of what led me to my led me to my path. No, that's awesome. And I appreciate you sharing that. I mean, to your point too, like a lot of people don't realize, and you you know this now, you know, as you get into the path, but like sales and marketing go hand in hand, especially with a sports yeah. team. And that was something I learned early on as well, you know, similar to you, you know, I, I took more of a marketing path. And then once I was, the door sort of opened up to realize, and, you know, people sharing with me from the industry, like sales and marketing go hand in hand, you know, mar- sales sort of helps direct what marketing does. Um, and sales is just sort of the bow, you know, to like yeah. the finishing of the process of a, of a marketing process is the conversion of a fan, you know, coming out to a game or an event or, or, you know, um, purchasing the end product in that regard. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's a, it's a great path for sure. So, so after you graduated, you continued on, on that path as you, as you shared. So you got your sports industry break-in opportunity with the Pittsburgh Pirates in their inside sales mm-hmm. program. So how did you mm-hmm. land this first opportunity with the Pirates? Yeah. So I actually, um, the GM at the time that was at the IMG, at IMG college at Penn state, when I did that project, I actually went to him for advice. Um, when I was looking at what are my next steps should be, you know, I, I, um, remember setting up a meeting with him, um, as I was looking to apply for different places, my the spring, um, semester of my college, um, or my senior year. And, um, he gave me some really great advice. He was just like, you know, I think that if you like this path of sales, you should look at inside sales programs, um, specifically. So he kind of pointed me into the direction. Um, and then there was a career fair down here at the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, and they had several different teams. Um, and I had gone and, and met the inside sales manager um, and really just really liked him, hit it off and then came back down for one of the sales combine interviews that we had. Um, I remember going away from that interview process thinking, oh my gosh, I either did really good or did terrible. <laughs> I don't think there was an in-between because it was, we were on the phones for three hours yeah. and, you know, you had some basic sales training and, um, you know, a lot of teams still kind of do this model when they do their um, inside sales interviews. But um, I remember being exhausted by the end of the day. Um, and it was a little precursor to what inside sales would look like at the time. Um, but I ended up getting the role and um, it was in my hometown. So that made it a little easier for me as well, because, um, you know, got to save some money and live with my parents for, for the nine months, but um, you know, would, would never look back. It was, it was really um, great experience. No, that's fantastic. And yeah, like inside sales is, you know, very often the foundation to many sports careers like yours. And it's one of my favorite conversations to talk to somebody who actually, you know, went through the inside sales path. Um, you know, for you, what was the experience like and what did you learn about yourself in the program? Like you said, you spent about nine months um, in mm-hmm. that inside sales program. So what was it that was sort of most impactful 
in, in sort of that foundational year for you? Yeah, I definitely learned to be a little bit more patient with myself. I'm definitely a person that, you know, wants to try something and get it right away and be perfect. And obviously you can't do that, especially <laughs> with sales. And one of the greatest pieces of advice that my inside sales manager gave me was that it's a marathon and not a sprint. So I didn't see success right off the bat. You know, it took me a couple months to make my way up the leaderboard. And I'm naturally a very competitive person, as a lot of us in sales are. <laughs> and so it was tough seeing, your, you know, seeing my name at the bottom and um, just, you know, realizing that I had to kind of trust the process. It sounds so cliche, but, um, you know, make the calls, set the appointments. And I learned that the part that I was really good at and that I really loved was the setting the appointments and bringing people down to the ballpark and meeting them face to face. And so I made it kind of my mission to set as many appointments as possible um, because that's where I saw success. And so um, I started in June of 2012 and um, you know, where I really saw success was when we were selling for the 2013 season. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of that natural, you know, couple months in. And then um, eventually as I, you know, left that inside sales program, I was at the top of the board. And so it was really satisfying to see that. And then I really saw how it all kind of came together where, you know, it's so hard in those first couple months, you start to question if this is even a career that you should be going down. And so that was what I learned a lot is just kind of being patient, um, not rushing the process. Um, And then just what I in particular liked about sales, and that's just connecting with people, building relationships and you can do that best, as everyone knows, in a face-to-face interaction. No, definitely. I, you know, I think that's the key too. Is like you almost got to find what you love about it. You know, there's something about mm-hmm. sales or any job that you're in. There's something you love about it. There's something that keeps you coming back. And like, how do you continue to sort of fill that bucket that you most enjoy? And obviously, there's just getting face-to-face and closing in person. Mm-hmm. And you saw success in that. So obviously you're going to continue to, to feel good yeah. about that, that component of, of the role, but that's a, that's mm-hmm. a key component of it. And I think so often sometimes, you know, uh, we just don't give ourselves enough time in one area to learn what we love about it. And I, mm-hmm. I love that, you know, you tell your story about you were at sort of the bottom of the board, you struggled for a couple of months and you had to almost, you know, get that advice that it's a marathon. Like you're not going to win mm-hmm. these sprints. You're in it for the longer game and give mm-hmm. it time to let yourself develop in the space. And that second, you know, new sales campaign for 2013, you've really got to show and see sort of that work and the development come to life, which um, mm-hmm. you got to, you got to, to your point, you got to be patient and you have to believe in that mm-hmm. process. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So after your time with the Pirates, um, you, you make a move and you join the St. Louis Rams as an account executive and you grew into a senior AE as well in ticket sales while you were there at the Rams. So what inspired this move and what was your approach to growth while you were at the Rams? Yeah. So when I was here at the Pirates and in inside sales, um, there was really only one position that popped up during the entire time that I was there. Um, and unfortunately didn't get that role. And, and that, you know, was a learning experience in itself, but um, my inside sales manager helped connect me with other um, uh, other teams that I could, um, you know, potentially get an account executive role. And so um, he had connected with someone at the Rams at a conference a couple months back. And so, um, as you know, um, you know, sports is a lot about just the different connections that you might have and in different teams. And um, so he introduced me. They were the Rams were hiring several AEs at the time. Um, and so he had introduced me and I went through the interview process and, 
Um, as I mentioned earlier, I grew up watching football and um, I would say that, you know, football is still probably my number one sport, you know, that I've, you know, grown up with and, um, you know, enjoy watching. And so that was definitely a factor, just trying something new and working in the NFL was really intriguing to me. Um, St. Louis, I knew nothing about. <laughs> I had never been, I didn't know anyone else there. Um, so that was a little intimidating, but I think uh, it's only about a 10 hour drive from Pittsburgh. So um, yes, it's still further than I ever expected going. <laughs> um, but you know, it was something where um, I decided, you know, why not? And St. Louis is is bigger than Pittsburgh, but still not, you know, New York City or um, in LA. And I think that would have been maybe a little intimidating yeah. to me. Um, you know, they're very comparable. Here. I'd say they're very yeah. comparable markets, aren't they? I mean, in, in mm-hmm. the sense of industry and, you know, Midwest yeah. and yeah, I think there's a lot, I, I, I think both cities, um, I'm sure you found a, some sense of home there at some point. I did. Yeah, yeah, no, I definitely did. And, and there actually was, so there was one other, so they hired myself and then actually one other inside sales rep from the pirates with me. So I actually knew one person, um, going out there, we both kind of started <laughs> around the same time. Um, but it really forced me to, you know, I just learned a lot about myself. It forced me to, um, you know, find myself professionally and personally, um, in a new city and kind of develop myself. And, you know, I'd gone kind of close to home, um, for college. And so it was kind of like my first opportunity to just kind of like do something for myself and push myself out of my comfort zone. And I'm so glad I did it so early on in my career because, I think that made it easier um, to make other moves in my career where it wasn't as scary and intimidating. And my family was super supportive and and that obviously makes a huge difference too. Um, But really enjoyed it. Um, I think, you know, for me kind of looking at growth within my career, you know, the first year was really just trying to establish myself. It's kind of inside sales all over again, (laughs) you know, make your, you know, you don't, I didn't come in with a book of business. So you have to really, um, you know, work hard and, and be patient again. So um, build up your book of business. And um, then as I got into my last year with the Rams, um, I realized I was very interested in um, kind of growing the newer reps that we had. Um, we were a much smaller sales team. Yeah. Um, and we always had um, a couple inside sales reps. Um, but they also reported up into my boss and he just had a lot on his plate. And so I kind of saw it as an area of opportunity to um, you know, check in on them, you know, see if I can provide extra help if they had an appointment, anything like that. Um, but really just talked with my boss and, um, you know, kind of proposed an opportunity to help in the process of, you know, hiring the, the inside sales class that year and um, going through a training program. So I actually did um, come up with kind of my own version of, you know, an onboarding. It was only a couple of days where now it's like we do, you know, a couple of weeks of onboarding <laughs> right. sales. But um, it was a really great process. And I realized I really liked kind of planning that out. And I was more interested and excited when my inside sales reps would make a sale than, you know, if I did. Because for me at that point, it was just like, okay, I, I, this is kind of, you know, something that I've always that I've always done. And um, so it was it was more rewarding in that in that sense. Um, and so that was exciting for me. Um, and that what that's kind of what brought me to look at different careers in management, because at that time, I was still in a hybrid role as a senior. AE. I still had a ticket sales goal. And I was still, you know, trying to manage my time of like, okay, what, how much time do I actually have to give to the inside sales team when, you know, I still have obviously my sales goals and 
um, quotas that I have to hit. So I can't necessarily take away too much time. So that's kind of where I, I wanted to look at something that was more full-time on the management side. Yeah, no, that's, that's incredible. I mean, what a important time it seems like in your career and sort of a, a pivotal time, obviously, as well mm-hmm. as you sort of went down this path of growth into identifying that leadership was going to be your future. And mm-hmm. so often in conversations, I'm sure you get these conversations with your up and coming reps as well. It's like, all right, how do you sort of make this transition into mm-hmm. leadership from a seller? And I, you hit it right in the head. I mean, it's there's like one word. It's like take initiative. You don't yeah. have to be a t- have a title to be a leader. You can step mm-hmm. up and you can contribute um, in the growth and development of others around you, your peers, other other reps that are incoming. And the initiative obviously put you in a position to continue to sort of you know, build up um, some opportunity and to test if you like it or not, you know, and, mm-hmm. and the yeah. fact that, you know, to your point, like you started to feel more pride in the accomplishments of those inside sales reps as you did in yourself um, is mm-hmm. a really good sign. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That like, okay, yeah. I, I like this. I want to explore this further and I want to go down this, this, this um, leadership um, path. So yeah. So after almost three years of the Rams, um, you make that move in your career and get your first leadership opportunity when you're named the manager of inside sales for the Colorado Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, so share with us a little bit how you then navigated your transition um, from seller to official leader and obviously mm-hmm. into a new organization. Yeah. Well, and it was also a very interesting time because um, this was at the end of 2015. And that was also when the Rams were looking to leave St. Louis. Oh, that's so, right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I was kind of looking for other opportunities before and, um, you know, they were also, you know, potentially leaving the city and um, I left a couple of months before they left. Um, but I think once I, you know, moved over to Colorado and obviously Denver is beautiful. So that was an easy trip. There. <laughs> um, but, how, many, how many hours were you from home now in Colorado? Oh, I was like 20. Right. So, You're like yeah. complete airplane now. Exactly. Yeah. My, my parents were like, why are you moving further West from us? But again, they, they loved it. Cause they were like, you know, it gave them other opportunities to come out and give them excuses to come visit and vacation. Yeah. So they loved it. Um, but yeah, so uh, moving out, moving out there, um, I think the biggest transition for me is, or for, for me was when, you know, just kind of that transition from being a seller at a different team than being at the seller that I was then managing. So I think that even me, even myself internally was um, having a little bit of a imposter syndrome, if you would, of yeah. like, you know, trying to, no one has saw, seen me sell and um, now I'm in a position where I have to teach people to sell. And so I think that was more of a challenge internally for me um, and just, you know, figuring out how to kind of portray that and then, you know, establish my name and my brand um, at a new team. So I think that was one thing that I probably didn't even share at the time because it was something that, you know, I didn't want to admit that that was what I was feeling. But um but I think that it, it take took a little bit of time. And then once I started seeing success from the people that I had brought into the organization, obviously that helped me gain some confidence and, um, you know, feeling more confident as a leader. Yeah. I mean, that, that is a big part of the transition to your point. And especially, you know, sometimes when you go to a new team, you're able to present yourself in a new light and brand, but yeah, when you don't, you know, have that board, you know, that has your name at the top and mm-hmm. then moving to the thing, it's like, now I have to, 
I have to prove to you, there's some sense of proving and that sense yeah. of, you know, to your point, that sort of imposter syndrome that you feel like, why this girl? And wh- why should I listen to her? <laughs> you know, like, yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that's a big, that's a big thing to overcome. Um, and it takes, like, to your point, it takes time, it takes confidence. It takes reminding yourself how you got there in the first place mm-hmm. and how you earned that mm-hmm. role. And, um, and it sounds like, you know, that worked out really well for you over time, especially as you got to build your team up. Um, mm-hmm. and, and put the numbers up yourself for the inside sales program. So that's, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think it's always when you take a, you know, leadership opportunity, I think it's always, you know, there's always going to be pros and cons, no matter where you're coming from. Like, for instance, even now I have a couple managers that I oversee that um, were reps alongside the reps now that they're managing. And so obviously that's a whole different challenge. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I, dealt with the the opposite challenge so like obviously there's there's pros and cons to both because then you have if you've um you you have kind of that camaraderie already if you've already um been friends with them but then also it's like when you're friends with them how do you um you know then manage those people so um there's not a perfect perfect way <laughs> no but... there's definitely dynamics in both you know and I think yes. that that's that's the biggest thing and sort of you know the awareness that you walk into whether it's you know yeah growing in in in, in the current place you are or, or moving and, and growing and and establishing that position somewhere else like they both have their dynamic challenges but they also have great opportunities and I think that's the the key and how do you sort of tap into it and, and navigate it from a personal standpoint everybody has you know, a way in which they process, you know, those, mm-hmm. those experiences, you know, mm-hmm. as you, as you look back at your time in Cronky altogether, you know, what did you most enjoy about your experience and the experience you gained at Cronky Sports Entertainment? I really liked um, the fact that we were connected. So Cronky Sports and Entertainment owns um, four teams in Denver. So it's the um, Colorado Avalanche, the Denver Nuggets, the Colorado Rapids, and then the Colorado Mammoth, the lacrosse team. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really liked just the opportunity that I had with all the leaders of all those teams. So, um, for instance, you know, I, um, if I needed any sort of advice, I not only had my leadership team, but I also had the leadership team of the others. Um, and then I also had counterparts at the Rapids and the Nuggets that, we all were very competitive with each other, but at the same <laughs> time, we um, wanted success for Cronky Sports and Entertainment. So I think I, you know, just learned so much. It was so invaluable to have all those different um, connections and opportunities. And then on, in turn, because I was the inside sales manager, there were so many more opportunities for my reps to stay within the company. They may just not have been staying with the Avalanche, but yeah. they might have gotten promoted to the Nuggets or the Mammoth or um, rapids. And so I really was really enjoyed that. Um, a lot of people we found too, that, you know, move out to Denver, want to stay in Denver. So, mm-hmm. um, that was a huge advantage. Um, and especially recruiting as well. Now cost of living is another story, but, <laughs> um, you know, I think it, it was great that you still have that because even in my case, um, when I wanted to, you know, potentially stay with the pirates out of inside sales, there just wasn't the opportunity. And as we all know, it's, um, not as easy as just being able to create a position for someone, um, you know, with budgets and everything. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. No doubt. Yeah. I, I was to say, yeah, it sounds like, and imagine it would be extremely gratifying to know that when you bring an inside sales class, more than likely you, you're going to have a place somewhere within sort of the family of companies, you know, to be able mm-hmm. to promote them to. Um, I, that's probably the hardest part is when you have 
two, three great people and you have one spot. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure yep. your boss felt like that in Pittsburgh, you know, when mm-hmm. you went to the Rams, yeah. like what a, what a challenging situation. Cause you believe in this person, you've developed this person, relationships are, are built and then there's no, nowhere to put them. And, you know, that's just the reality that at the end of the day, this is a business, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so no, yep. that's, that's, that's incredible. And it does sound like just a very enjoyable opportunity. And the, and to your point too, just having other inside sale peer manager peers that you'll be able to bounce you know, challenges off of and ideas and, you know, mm-hmm. programs and probably shared resources in some regard of yep. training. So, um, yeah, it, that's, that's, that's awesome. Now in, uh, 2018, you have a homecoming when you're named the director of business development with the Pittsburgh Pirates, you know, so what was it about this opportunity that made it the right next move in your career? Yeah. So, um, at that point I had been inside sales manager, um, for about three years and, um, I, was looking at kind of what that next step meant in my career. You know, I was more interested in the, the strategy and um, the planning side of things. And I had gotten a little bit of exposure um, in Colorado, but, um, you know, this opportunity came open. Obviously, it was um, in my hometown. And um, so that was a little bit more intriguing at the time. I'd been away for about six years mm-hmm. um, in total from St. Louis and D- Denver. Um, and I would, in my, um, husband now and boyfriend at the time, we had actually been doing long distance for over five years. Uh, So he had an opportunity to also come back to Pittsburgh. So um, it was an interesting kind of shift of priorities for me, um, where, you know, different points in my career and, um, you know, you you value certain things um, differently. And so location was always something that was intriguing to me, but not the most important. And I would say it's still not the most important. Um, but when, you know, kind of this perfect position opened where it, um, kind of met all the things I was looking for professionally, and then also kind of had the personal side to it, I knew that it was kind of my next move and and what I wanted to, um, go after at the time. And, and I'm, I'm so happy that it kind of worked out in that way. And, um, my husband and I kind of joke, like, cause we'd both been, trying to kind of get into the same city yeah, after uh, five but, years. Yeah, I would yeah, exactly. But, but we weren't like fully into it because, yeah. you know, we both had way different career paths. And so it was kind of just like the perfect storm of events to kind of all come back. And he's from Pittsburgh too. Oh, so, um, so that was, that was helpful. And, you know, sometimes it does match up personally and professionally. And, and that was a, a really great opportunity. Yeah. It sounds like this, this move and this career opportunity and, and from a personal life perspective, just checked every box. And, mm-hmm. you know, when yep. that happens, like, it's like, it was almost meant for you and it put yep. you in a position to sort of take that place, you know, in your life and in your career at the same time, you get the structure role, you're back in Pittsburgh at home, you get to, to solidify your relationship <laughs> after five yeah. years of distance. Nope. Um, that's, that's awesome. So after only a year and a half back with the Pirates, you know, you sort of jump out of the team career path and decided to explore mm-hmm. something new when you were named mm-hmm. the senior director of partner success with FIVO. So what mm-hmm. motivated this move and, you know, what did you most enjoy about learning and growing at FIVO? Yeah. So I, I would say that this is one that I didn't expect. Um, I, um, you know, had been at the Pirates, yeah, for about a year or so. And then they had approached me with this opportunity Um, And it really sounded intriguing and um, because it was still obviously within the sports industry, but it was maybe learning a different side of it, um, not on the team side. And so um, still being able to work with a lot of teams and, um, you know, I'm 
that's one thing that I love about this industry is just kind of the team collaboration and, and, um, you know, just working, working with a team of like-minded people. And Mm -hmm. so still being able to, um, you know, my book of business at Fivo was, you know, about 50, um, different teams. And so, um, still being able to kind of, um, strategize, um, with a lot of different teams. And so it was kind of a different outlook where instead of kind of, you know, putting everything, you know, that you have to the one team when you're working on the team side, um, you're being able to impact so many other teams. And um, it was a little bit of a risk, obviously, it was a, um, and still is kind of a startup. But, um, you know, I really like the people that um, I was I was working for as well. And so, um, again, very, very unexpected, I think, um, the leadership that was at the Pirates at the time, which is not the current leadership, I was, um, you know, not necessarily aligned with the direction that they were maybe going. So that kind of helped with a, um, you know, helped kind of solidify the, the, the change in career. And I'm really glad because I kind of learned like the different technology side of our business and just how it is working on the partner side. Um, Cause obviously in my day to day now I have, a lot of different partners that I work with. So I kind of know from their perspective what it's like, which I don't know if I would have had that perspective if I didn't jump over and and work with Devo. And um, I really enjoyed it Um, for the first couple months, especially I was, you know, traveling to different teams um, and, you know, I'd be on site and help them utilize the platform. And so just learned a lot in the support side of, of things. Um, and then the pandemic happened. So that obviously changed a lot of, of what I, I would do, but, yeah. um, really enjoyed, you know, my time there. Yeah, no, it sounds like a, like you said, just a really valuable experience. I mean, you're, mm-hmm. you're in a situation in your career where you're, you're sort of interested to see what's, what's next. And, and I mean, to have the opportunity to learn the other side of the business. I mean, emerging technologies are such a big part of our ticketing strategy these days. Mm -hmm. And so your lens and perspective of working sort of in that lane and that vertical um, probably puts you in a really good position, you know, to evaluate new technologies, Mm -hmm. the people, the process, the back end, ask all the right questions. (laughs) Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, no, that's so true. Because I think before that, you know, if we were looking at a new technology, it was like, sometimes you didn't even know what to ask or what to look for. And so now, yeah, that's such a great point. You know, now I kind of have a better idea of of what to do and that when we're, when we're talking to other partners. Yeah. Now, now I know I'm going to call you and be like, all right, Missy, um, what do you think about this one? (laughs) (laughs) So the pandemic happens. um, So in 2020, you joined the field IMG college um, as a general manager of ticket solutions. So more additive experience um, that really diversified your resume. I mean, like Mm -hmm. you said, like, you know, at the time, and you talked about it with FIBO, like, did it feel like a risk a little bit, but you know, at the same time, like the biggest thing is like, how are you at, experiences to the resume that again diversify mm-hmm. what you could bring you know to the future of your career path as well mm-hmm. the growth opportunity there you don't know until you get there right but yeah um, you know what was your what was your biggest takeaway from your time at Learfield and working with IMG yeah I think it was um you know there was so much uncertainty with the pandemic and that was kind of what made me make the jump over um you know especially a lot of my role with as a partner success rep with Vivo was travel and obviously everything, their business model was all on ticket sales. And so even at that time, at the end of 2020, there's, as you know, there was a lot of stuff still on hold yeah. in, in the sports industry. I don't ever want to hear social distancing again. <laughs> pods. The, oh the, God. Yeah. Pods. Yeah. I don't want to ever have to think about that again. Um, but I wanted to make sure that I wasn't 
um, kind of standing still in my career. And so um, I had the opportunity to, yeah, move over to um, work with Learfield and, and work with the University of Pittsburgh. And um, it was really a great learning experience, just learning college athletics and um, working with um, the team or working with the university um, and just all the different levels. I mean, there's so many um, different levels of athletic directors yeah. that I had no idea about um, before going in there and just like, you know, you're also, I think the biggest learning thing was you're not, um, you know, when you're on the team side, you can kind of directly make those decisions. Whereas someone maybe on the airfield, we were making more so making recommendations with ticket strategy. Mm -hmm. So it was interesting. You, you kind of learn, um, different experiences. And then you also learn, um, who maybe the liaison at the team is that you want to sell your idea to. And as you know, like you still have to sell ideas on the team side. Right. Um, but it's maybe something that um, can happen a little bit faster. And so I think that there was a little bit, there is a little bit um, more that goes behind the scenes when you are kind of um, that um, partner rather than the person, you know, the, yeah, the, the main person side. on the but, side. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So it was, it was very interesting. And, and just even working with like the development team, um, cause you know, 50% of the ticket sales would go to development. So obviously, um, when you're making decisions, you just are, you're involving a lot of people, which you do on the team side as well, but it's just different types of people, maybe different, different titles than what you're used to on the team side. Um, and so it was very interesting. I, I definitely learned a lot. Yeah. It sounds like it. I mean, to your point, yeah, you're sort of navigating this whole new sort of ocean of water in college yeah. sports <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and there's so much to, to get there. And, and, you know, um, you know, in this supportive role, this recommendation role is so unique, right? Because you can, mm -hmm. you know, make recommendations, best practices, look at their business, but ultimately like, you don't, you're not the one executing it. Um, mm -hmm. and that, that has its own challenge. I've been in that role before. And, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, to your point, there's a lot of learning because you get to see sort of what direction they took, how they tweaked your recommendation and maybe there's yeah. something that new came out of it. But, um, yeah, sounds like a, a great opportunity. Um, one that again, like I said, diversified your resume, gave you some um, mm -hmm. unique experiences that you were able to take on to where you are today. So in 21, you come full circle and you rejoin the Pittsburgh Pirates <laughs> as their senior director of ticket sales and service. Um, this must, this might be a record for, you know, a three time, you know, sort of I a know. three peat, you know, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> higher. I love it. Um, so, you know, what do you love about Pittsburgh, the Pirates that just keeps attracting you back? And what do you most enjoy about your role today? Yeah, I never, I never <laughs> would have saw myself um, kind of doing the three peat, like you would say. Um, but for me, um, as I mentioned earlier, I think your priorities really start to change like throughout different stages of your life and in your career. And um, now that I've gotten to experience a lot of things, a lot of different um, different cultures, different people that I've worked for, um, some of the biggest things and, and one of the most important things for me is just who I work for and then who I work with. Mm -hmm. um, that's my biggest priority. And so um, actually, one of my mentors from Colorado, David Burke, um, he got our he got the um, role as EVP at the Pirates um, late in 2020. And so him coming back to Pittsburgh, I always knew I wanted to work for him again, but I always <laughs> thought it was going to be probably in Denver if I ever did. Um, and, you know, what are the chances that he comes to um, the city that I'm currently in and um, a team that I'm familiar with? And, <laughs> Um, so he really, you know, had this vision for building out, 
um, what, what his team would look like. And I think that just, you know, learning and seeing what he did in his first couple months um, was really um, inspiring and, and attractive to me as far as like, oh, like there's some really cool opportunity there. Um, and then the role that I'm in now um, oversees the strategy, the whole FSE strategy. So mm-hmm. I'm overseeing um, the renewal side and the new side of the business. And so that was really attractive to me because I had never overseen the renewal side. And so being able to see that process from start to finish, if you will, um, and making decisions um, in that way um, really was attractive as well as just like the position itself. But, um, you know, when David Burke came here, he grew our BI department by, I think, at least seven people. So um, really had this vision of just what he wanted to build out. Um, and give the resources, you know, I look at that in the position that I'm in and see those are some really strong resources when we develop our packages and pricing and everything. And so um, I've really enjoyed being back here. Um, You know, I think we're really building something um, special and we're doing um, a lot of kind of new innovative stuff with our technology. We're um, really working heavily with Conversica Um, And so really just the whole way that we're developing leads for our reps is just a whole different scope than even when I was in inside sales. So um, I think that we're finally kind of seeing, you know, as you know, it takes time to um, see kind of the processes that you put into place kind of develop and and grow. And so we're kind of at that point where I'm excited going into next year where um, we'll have at least a, you know, full year to, um, with some of the technology that we've been working with and the way that we're kind of distributing leads to our reps. Um, and so I'm really excited to kind of see how that all plays out. And um, again, just really love the people that I work, work with. I like my, my direct boss, um, Ryan Niemeyer, he's um, really great and supportive. And um, so I think that it's important when you work for people that, you know, care about you. Genuinely. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's definitely been people I've worked for that, you know, it's great experience, but you know, they might have some ulterior motives. So it's great when you know, you have people that have your back, you have theirs. And then again, you just genuinely care about the people that you surround yourself with and, and you want to grow with your career. That's awesome. I, I'm so happy to hear you sort of, and I can hear in your voice, like you can tell, like you are happy to be back. You have this great leadership vision from David. You have a great leader, Ryan, um, and you're a part of something new and that's evolving um, to your point, and sort of this emerging technologies that you're utilizing to your sales process and the impact that it can have on your reps, but also on your strategy. Um, that's that's incredible. And I'm, I'm happy to mm-hmm. hear that, you know, for you, full circle, 3P, you, know, you got to see sort of this evolution from inside sales to, to sort of a, you know, uh, uh, emerging leader to where you are today um, mm-hmm. in your third stop um, with the Pirates. So um, mm-hmm. that's exciting. And congratulations to you and, and all the you. success you've had uh, to date. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know if I'll have a four, like. You, you I, come back four times later. Three's <laughs> <laughs> good. I, yeah, I you got to make this I one like count. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to end our conversation, I'd love to um, always go back to sort of past, um, like recurring themes of conversation. And, you know, one of the ones I wanted to hit on with you with the first one 
making moves. Obviously, you've made a lot of moves in your career. So want to like sort of tap into. So how do you evaluate opportunities and come to the decision that a move is the best move for you at that time? And Mm -hmm. just kind of considering in your answer, like if someone right now was contemplating a move for a promotion opportunity, you know, um, what advice would you give them as they weigh those options to stay or to go? And I'm going to add something to this question because Mm -hmm. I think there was something really important that you shared in your story. You know, you were in a, you're in a relationship, you know, and you, Mm -hmm. you moved and you, 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 you were willing to, you know, explore a career opportunity with a long distance relationship. So, you know, mm-hmm. that often sometimes, you know, puts us in situations of, of staying somewhere and not making a move as well. So love to hear mm-hmm. your take on that. Yeah, no, I think um, for me, especially early, I'm glad early on in my career that I pushed myself out of my comfort zone to um, make a move early because I do think it would have been harder um you know, had I stayed in, in one place right off the bat, um, it would have just made me more comfortable. Yeah. So um, I think for me, um, it, it was just great to be able to kind of push myself. Um, but I think as far as even just like the personal side goes, um, my relationship and my boyfriend and now husband at the time, we, we were just very supportive in ourselves and, you know, just kind of said, all right, like we both want to really con- you know, pursue our careers and, you know, we'll see what that, where that takes us. And, um, if our relationship doesn't work out, then that's great. Um, you know, we're, you know, we're still, you know, just trying to live our life. We were still so young, um, and we wanted to be able to do that. And so I'm really like glad and, um, thankful that I had such a supportive partner because, um, you know, you didn't make me feel guilty for trying to, um, pursue my, my, um, career goals and everything. And so I do, don't think I would be where I'm at if he wasn't supportive in that way. And, you know, I found myself just being resentful and just following him, you know? So I think that that, that was important. Um, but I think just as far as evaluating, um, I, I do always think of, um, you know, and my inside sales manager, I believe at the time had told me these kind of five, um, elements where it's either location, salary, title, boss, culture, and just evaluating like what's most important to you at the time. And then when you go into a certain um, career or a job interview, um, does it hit on those in the way that you would say? So it's always a question actually we ask anyone that's interviewing with us is just like, what's most important to you? And does it align with kind of what we're looking for? Yeah. So um, as I've mentioned, I think different stages in my life, I've place different importance on those kind of five key areas. Um, But I think early on in my career, like I wasn't super concerned about title and I wasn't concerned about location. And so um, boss has always been, you know, one of the big, one of the biggest things that I evaluate. It's like, can I work for this person? And kind of what I mentioned with, with David Burke and Ryan, who I work with now, it's like, do they really care about me as a person? And so, um, you know, as I've evaluated, there's definitely been some that, you know, maybe I didn't get the best feeling when I've, when I've interviewed. Um, and I think that's important to note too, is when you're evaluating, yes, you're, or, you know, when you're looking at a potential promotion, yes, you're interviewing to be part of this team, but also you need to interview them. And yes, you need to figure out if you would be happy in this role, especially when there's, you know, potential move on the line. Cause I think that's the scary part. It's like, there's always so much unknown. What if, what if I don't like it and I'm not in a, you know, city that I'm familiar with, with people that I know. And so that's where you have to really make sure that you like all the other aspects of the job 
um, so that it's not as scary and intimidating. So if you're really excited about the opportunity and um, the way that, you know, your potential boss makes you feel the culture, um, I think that's important too. And then also, like, I would always say visiting the potential office that you were working in um, is also super important, I think, especially early on in your career, like, you know, for instance, when I was, uh, um, you know, interviewing to be with the Rams as an AE, like they didn't offer to fly me out, which is, which is understandable. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I still paid my own way to go out in person and interview because I wanted to make sure that if I'm making a move, I need to see what the office culture is like. I need to, um, get a feel for the people that work there, you know, outside of just, you know, a couple phone interviews or, you know, video interviews. And so I think it's, also taking that risk if you really are considering an opportunity and, you know, they can't um, physically provide the opportunity to, you know, fly you out or, you know, anything like that, that you're kind of just taking that risk because then that'll help solidify your decision. And I'm just so glad because I spent a whole day with my potential employers rather than maybe just a couple of hours, um, you know, on the phone. Yeah, no doubt. No, that's a good point. Like when you do go to a market, um, even if it's not, you know, um, provided by the team but like yeah like it's not a bad investment to do on your own because like you kind of have to mm-hmm. see yourself somewhere you know to your point yeah. when when you are evaluating especially location i mean you could have a perception mm-hmm. about a place you know and not move there um you know i'm from michigan so you know a lot of people you know you talk about detroit like oh i don't want to be in detroit i'm like have you been to detroit mm-hmm. you know have you been to pittsburgh yeah. have you been to cleveland you know i lived in cleveland mm-hmm. you know just like yep. It's like you go there, you would be surprised. Like mm-hmm. it's, it's, you know, there's sometimes perceptions can sort of create these barriers um, mm-hmm. that, that, that hold us back from making a move. And, you know, salary title boss, you know, those are important pieces. And, and so is culture. Mm-hmm. I think culture is the most important. It sort of help, helps reflect your boss and your, your, you know, the, the, the environment that you're going to work in as well. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's, I think, you know, as you were talking, I was thinking through like, um, you know, culture is really interesting. Like it's, it's bigger when you're sort of developing, but when you get to a place maybe where you are even today as a senior director, it's like you're in a position where you can help shape the culture. And so Mm -hmm. the culture might be a little, you know, wonky, but yet if you're in a position to impact um, and transform the culture, that's a really great opportunity, you know? So, Mm -hmm. you know, it depends on you to your point, what stage you are in your career and what you need um, to be successful and to, mm-hmm. um, probably have the most impact on yourself, but also on the environment. Mm-hmm, definitely. Now, um, the next topic is lifestyle. I talk, I've talked about lifestyle in every episode since the first episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I always think it's a fun one, you know, especially mm-hmm. for us as women. So, you know, mm-hmm. exchanging out the term work-life balance, um, for lifestyle, you know, can you give us a little peek into your lifestyle, how it's evolved over time and how you manage sort of the intersection of your personal life and your professional requirements? Yeah. So, um, this, this year has been a little bit different for me because I'm a new mom. And so, um, yeah, so, uh, I didn't really know what to expect. So, um, my, I have a daughter, her name's Sophia and she, um, was born about a year ago. She's coming up on her one year birthday, which is crazy. Yeah. (laughs) So, um, so, you know, I came back to work a little bit before the season. Um, it was back in February. Um, so I was definitely nervous and didn't really know how, it would be um, for that, you know, reason, especially, you know, just like, what's that lifestyle going to look like for me? I'm always used to just, you know, um, kind of being myself and not, you know, having something out some someone else, um, you know, at home um, that also has a lot of time, you know, a big time commitment. And, um, and so, uh, 
it was, it's been really great so far. I mean, I think um, one of the biggest things that I did kind of when I, when I first came back to work was just setting boundaries for myself. So um, I think that, um, you know, making sure to, you know, leave work at a, at a reasonable time so that I can, you know, go home and be able to spend time with, with Sophia. So, um, you know, sometimes she's going to bed at seven. And so I only get like an hour and a half or so once I go home. And so, um, it's really making the most of that. So I think, um, I'm really happy. I kind of started that, um, early of just, you know, making sure that, okay, I need to be as efficient as possible, um, with my time, um, because I want to still be present for my daughter once she's home. And so, um, I think that that's super important. Um, and then, you know, going into the season as well, like same thing, it's, you know, what are some of the, um, key, I mean, we have 81 home games, um, (laughs) you know, what are some of the key dates that I want to be present for? And then what are some dates that I can, you know, have my team, um, you know, delegate to my team. So I'm not here for all 81 games and and no one's here for all 81. Right. Right. Most people think that, but that's a, that's a good thing. Like you gotta, like people have to realize, like if you work in baseball, it's not every game, you know? And I think that's, that's key to know. Yes. Yeah. Our leadership team is great. We all kind of work together as a team as far as, you know, whatever we have going on and um, making sure that it's covered and everything. So, um, so I would say like, I'm still figuring it out and I don't know if any, I don't know if I'll ever fully figure it out, but, um, you know, I think it's just making sure that um, I kind of have those quadrants of my time and um, making the most of it because if I feel like I didn't make the most of my day, um, you know, at work, then that'll kind of carry into the rest of the night. So I mm-hmm. think I just try to really um, make sure that, you know, that's, that's part of kind of my outlook, outlook on the day. But, um, but yeah, it's been good. And I'm looking forward to we just finished up the season. So I am looking forward to, you know, even more time um, that I can spend with Sophia. Yeah. And, 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 and did you like the off season is never the off season, right? This is like, yeah, it's going to get exactly. into this sort of new, like busy season of planning and, and executing your, your sales campaigns for next year. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's always this perception that, you know, oh, it's in the off season. Yeah, you'll have the events as much as you did. But, yeah. you know, it still requires a lot of time. And, mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I think what, you know, my biggest takeaway from what you said, which I always think is important, you know, especially um, as a parent, it's like you're just trying to win every day. And a win yeah. can look different any other day. Like one win could be spending more time, you know, with your daughter. Another mm-hmm. win could be something, you know, specific at work or it could be yeah. a combination of both and, yeah. and just sort of defining what those wins are so you don't sort of look back on a day and go man I wish I would have or you know this yeah. day I failed at x like you gotta almost have to celebrate the days because they're they're challenging you know mm-hmm. and and they're yeah. challenging until they become sort of normal you know mm-hmm. um and and you start to embrace like oh this is my new normal <laughs> yeah I think you're right yeah. you're you're coming up to it with the one year but mm-hmm. um but it's one of those 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 unique you know situations um, that that make your role you know really awesome and and I would imagine too I, you know I don't know about you but you know when I was growing up in the industry there wasn't a lot of women with children you know um, no. as examples and so mm-hmm. imagine sort of um, the path and the way in which you're sort of navigating this first year of motherhood and mm-hmm. the representation and the example that you're setting for the up and coming women at the Pirates mm-hmm. um, that get to see how you're navigating it is probably a huge impact and. Imagine you sort of feel a little bit of that responsibility. I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, no, I agree. Like there's very few, um, you know, that I, that I know um, that are, you know, still in the industry or or whatnot. So um, that's why I was kind of nervous when I came back was like, I don't know how it's going to be. And I think it is a huge credit to, you know, the leaders that I work with that, 
you know, are all supportive and understanding that, you know, I might be, you know, leaving a little early so I can spend some extra time, but then that's going to help, help with my, you know, sanity, you know, going into the next day. And so I think that's super important. And speaking of wins, I, I had to laugh because last night my win um, with Sophia was that she ate broccoli. So <laughs> that was my win. She's been so picky with her, with her uh, eating her solid foods and she just loves the broccoli. And I had no idea why, but I was very happy going into the night. <laughs> That's awesome. Broccoli for the win. I love it. Mm-hmm. I love it. <laughs> and to uh, finish the conversation, to close things up, um, love to always end with advice. So what advice would you leave for our listeners based on your experience and accomplishments uh, to grow their careers in this industry? Um, I think, so I've talked about a couple of the things of just, you know, taking risks, pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, um, evaluate kind of what's important. And then I think the final thing would also be just staying in touch with your peers that you've worked with and worked for. Um, I think that's so valuable in our careers because um, a lot of my most current opportunities have all come from people that um, I've worked with in the past. And so um, I think that one, that's always something that, you know, I already have that trust with the person, um, you know, to, you know, potentially take that opportunity. Um, but then also, too, it's just, you know, some some opportunities come up that I wasn't necessarily looking for um, throughout my career, but have ended up being such a great choice. Um, and it was because kind of the connections that I might have. So I think it's important to, um, you know, just stay in touch with, with people, um, even as you get further and further. I mean, I still talk to some of the people that I worked with in my St. Louis Rams days. And um, it's kind of weird thinking that it it was, you know, now eight years ago (laughs) that I um, have left St. Louis. I actually went to um, a wedding of one of my friends um, that worked for the Rams. She's with the Clippers now, but um, just a couple weeks ago, it was my first time back to St. Louis. So it was fun, but, but it's great. You make so many great friendships, um, some professional relationships. And so I think that you just never know where those relationships will will take you. And so I think it's important even just to shoot someone a note when it's opening day for their sport or whatever the case is. Um, I, I really enjoy still being able to stay in touch with the people I've worked with because they've made such an impact on my career. And like I said, you just don't know um, where that could lead or where you could see yourself in the future. No, that's so true. I mean, you know, to your point, I mean, we're when you, when you sort of navigate and work in many places, like you, over time, you create sort of this industry family that look out for each other. And so you mm-hmm. got to invest in those relationships for it to, to really um, pay dividends in the end and to, to really have the value that it has, you know, on you personally, but also on you professionally. So mm-hmm. definitely love that advice. Thank you so much, Missy, for yeah. um, being a guest in Women Blazers and for sharing your insights and your experiences with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. And that's a wrap on episode 74. Thank you to Missy for sharing her journey and insights with all of us today. And as a thank you to Missy, our friends at the Pro Sports Assembly will provide her with a one-year membership for her to join Pro. Pro Sports Assembly is an industry member-led association helping advance equity and pro sports. I want to thank Pro for their incredible support and believing in the mission of this podcast. And I encourage you all to visit prosportsassembly.org to learn more about how you can also become a member. Now to stay connected and to engage with our Women Blazers community, be sure to follow us on Instagram at Women Blazers. And also check out the next episode dropping Monday, October 23rd. 
Until next time, I hope you have a great week.